You're listening to Paint the Town podcast with your hosts, LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of. Hit the Town Podcast, episode 129. What's going on, guys? I'm so happy to be sitting here today. It's a special Ooh. holiday episode. No kidding, man. Uh, I know we ended season three, and uh, I want to just welcome our guests, man. Um, Padilla and Dave Navarro. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> the kids are happy, man. No, you had trauma kids. Those were the trauma kids. You just bring some rocks at them, then they cheer. We were bringing joy to the trauma kids. Well, today we wanted to kind of like bring you guys in and talk to you guys about your new clothing brand. Because bring you guys in? What do you mean? We're at their place, dude. Yeah, this You're is right. my house. This is... <laughs> Although it does feel like our place now. We kind of invaded <laughs> the uh, the garage and one of the workspaces here at Whoa. the Life After Death Street Art Museum. There is a lot of teacher work. There's a lot of teacher <laughs> around here. Yeah. There's some teacher work here, but um... there's some legends around here, man. I mean, right here on the wall, there's a big. <laughs> Big ass eye with vile man, and then there's risk, risk tag, revoke. Man. We got side, we got Sec Giz, we got Sec over there, we got Trickster right here. Jeez, man, I'm happy we got Rashford behind me. Check Bandit. it all out, man. Bandit's a big dog. Bandit's up there. Yeah, nice, yeah, man. man. Hell yeah, Some of the dude. The inside is even more insane. If it wasn't the the COVID situation, we'd probably let you guys come in there. But just, I mean, just wall after wall after wall is covered with you know some incredible uh, some of the top yeah. top of the line they've got some Andy Warhols and artists. stuff like that too but man, I, I, I mean, do but I mean Al Diaz came and sprayed in the house oh jeez yeah, <laughs> yeah, things yeah. like that yeah. so I have a lot of as well as Chaz Borzewski and I saw Shaka in there Chaz. too right what I saw Shaka in there too right? oh yeah, yeah oh yeah I I'm had saying. to have him you, you have like the, the whole like uh, spectrum, you, you know what I mean? Of street well, artists. With Chaka, he was like, What do you want me to do? And I go, I want you to write Chaka. That's what, exactly <laughs> what I want you to do. And he was like, Okay. And he came over and he just blasted it and it was fucking awesome. That's, how does he do that? Does he do it from the tip or like, does he like open up the. Just curious. I mean, you saw him well, do it. Well, it's the cap. Right? You know, yeah, it's yeah. all the cap. Got a big mm. fat so, cap. Yeah. Okay, and okay, okay. Just, it's, and he just can't control the cap. That's but, awesome, uh, man. Yeah, so. The people that I see every day on the streets and that, well, first of all, I'm a, I'm a big art fanatic in terms of art history and yeah. I studied a lot of art history and grew up with the arts. And uh, and when I saw, well, first when I saw Robbie Canal when I was about 50 years old and that's when I got into noticing what's going on on the streets. You know, he was the guy who did the contradiction. Friend of a show. He's been on the show a couple yeah. times. Yeah. So he did the Reagan contradiction poster. I have the original painting inside yeah. of that oh, wow. print. Nice. Um, but uh, so Robbie's ever since that street. age, I was I was watching the streets, and, and it occurred to me that uh, now that I have this home, why not have it filled with the voices of today? And exactly. uh, whether it's whether it's a tag, whether it's a piece... I don't care. Bring it in here, and uh, you got to see the back of the house because oh, Risk did, did the entire job. The oh, entire yeah, yeah, yeah. Bas- back that of my house. Happen. Yeah, yeah. I saw it on Instagram too. Yeah. How yeah. did now? I, mean, I don't remember exactly, but how long did you say it took him just to set up? <laughs> well, the prep for that mural was four days. Good grief! And that it's is a two-story house. So in yeah. the back, you're talking about you know 22 foot high. Um, wall basically in the yeah. back, you know, with windows and everything, cutouts and all kinds of little uh, sconces and lights. Yeah, and, and I also wanted it clean, like I said. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> and it's oh my god, perfect. <laughs> yeah. But oh. you can also show a picture of it if if you get one. You know. Oh, while, I got while, some in my camera. Yeah, while we're talking about it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so then I had Riss do the mural, and teachers done a few things inside. And, and how long did he spend doing the mural in the back? Like four days of prep, and then how long it was, was about he? three or four days of the of the actual mural. He had a scissor lift, and you know, going up and down and up and down. And uh, nice. I went up there with him and sprayed with him two nice. two stories high. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> and it's crazy because you know I'm I'm terrified of heights. Really? What? Yeah. You are. Yeah, I freak out on heights, but if I have if I have a purpose. I'm not afraid of them. Ah, you're able to focus. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's a performance I, I, uh, thing that comes out of you there. Well, like when we did that 
billboard, although that one wasn't very no, that, that was one was very tall. Six but, feet off the ground. But for instance, <laughs> if we're off the ground, like that billboard off the one hundred and one, yeah, 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 right. The one that you hit with Thrashbird, right? right? So that's one of the most horrifying climbs in L.A. And yep. you got to go off the top of a building, and you have to go down over the top because there's no catwalk. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we were up there, but as soon as we got to work, it just all the distance faded away and i liken it to and i don't know if you've seen the don wall or free solo one of those uh one of those dudes who climb el capitan oh, yeah, yeah, in yosemite yeah. yeah 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 like they're just so laser focused on the task at hand that the heights aren't an issue jeez man that's, 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 that shit blows my mind is the the, the free climbing stuff I, man. It's, the, it's amazing because dude one little slip bye-bye it, well, that's, that's, and it's not going to happen right away. Well, you when know what comes, I mean? It's going to be a bang, but ding, bang, bang. When it comes to the free, <laughs> the free climbing, it's gonna be think about this. When it comes to the free climbing, it has to be perfect. Yeah. Like, it has to be perfect. Yeah. One misstep, and that it's over. You know, it's crazy. I actually was uh, watching Rogan the other day, and she had this free climber on, and they actually sleep on the fucking side yeah. of the cliff. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll the stick fuck, some pythons in, hammer them in, and let me Let me recommend to you, there's a documentary right now on Netflix called The Dawn Wall, okay? And The Dawn Wall is a, is a, is a portion of Al Capitan where when the sun first rises, it hits that portion of the mountain so that's mm. why it's called the dawn wall but it is the most vertical flat area of the mountain and nobody has ever done it mm. and so this film is about a guy tommy caldwell who attempts to do that i don't want to give it away sure sure, sure. but there's way more to it in his backstory and and it ties into what me and padilla are doing because and why he's such a hero of mine is because this guy faced horrible traumatic adversity mm. uh and among other things and he still, no matter what, stuck to his dream. Mm. And it's just, it's a really enlightening, empowering film. And even if you're not into climbing and you're not into, if you're not into that at all, like I told my dad, I'm like, you have to watch this movie. He's like, I'm not really into mountain climbing. I'm like, just trust me. Right? And he calls me back and he's like, that's the most amazing thing mm. I've ever seen. Because it's, it's all about the triumph of the human spirit. Yeah. So it's beautiful. And so the reason I, I bring up what we're doing with dual diagnosis is that, uh, well, why don't you talk a little bit about yeah, listen, it? Yeah, we're saying, when he's saying we're, he, he's talking about his uh, partner in crime with this particular uh, venture, and that is Miss Padilla. Hi. And so uh, we also have her with us today. That's right. Thank you so much for Welcome. both of you guys being here, man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for doing this with us. Yeah. Now, I got a question for you. When did the uh, this idea start? come up that's a good question uh i was thinking about that the other day and i couldn't figure out how it actually turned into this entire universe that it's become <laughs> but uh, i remember the first conversation when we were like oh we gotta make ourselves a shirt and um that was a little i guess over two years ago now. what was the first shirt what was it uh... it was self-care style Mm. And, and it was it was with one of these characters, and I don't know if you can pan to them. Yeah. But uh, these characters right here, these are old 1700s diving suits, and we had uh, Lainey Chantal recreate them from scratch. So these didn't exist; she just made them based off photos, That's which yeah. is just fucking incredible. So what had happened was. Um, at the time, I, I was having a lot of struggles. I was in and out. Well, at the time, more in uh, treatment for PTSD and uh, having a lot of trouble, like coming out of the house and just being in the world, you know, because it really drains you and everything feels loud and invasive and you just want to kind of like burrow. You, you feel those suits kind of represent how you feel in your own little atmosphere. Mm. And then I had just, uh, I, I guess it happened right after I met you that we had that conversation. Yeah. Um, you had gone, I think it was to an event and, and he was, Dave was talking about this event and he was, you know, really grateful to have been there, but it was like also too much for him because he yeah. was going through stuff. And so he goes, 
he's like, yeah, and I was dressed up, you know, like all self-care style. And I just thought it was the funniest thing because I completely on a whole other level understood but what I think, that meant. I actually think what I was saying was I'm going to go in and make an appearance and then bounce self-care style because I don't want to put myself through more than I have to. You were saying you had like your shawl. Yeah, I mean, like, you were, so yeah. in a nutshell, dual diagnosis, which is our, I hate to call it a brand. It's more of a movement. Uh, it's not a clothing company. It's a movement. Um, okay. We have a mission statement on our website, which is dualdiagnosis.com, and it's D-U-E-L, diagnosis.com. And uh, the manifesto right there is what we're all about, and we're all about raising the stigma from mental health issues and and normalizing the fact that everybody has something and that nobody's alone, whether you feel like an outsider or you've had a really traumatic event or if you just feel a little strange and different than everybody else. And yeah. amen to that, man. Everybody's yeah. got a little bit of something. Everybody, something. and especially after this year, <laughs> the, yes. you know what I mean. Yeah. If you didn't totally. before, now you yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we we initially were, you know, I coined a phrase called the trauma kids, which is yeah. you know the kids that uh, have have seen just unbelievable trauma in their lives and grow up with it and have to continue living with it. And I would say that post, you know, twenty twenty the world is full of trauma kids. I mean, it's just yeah, like our entire lives have been just turned upside down. So kind of perfect timing, but we're more than a t-shirt company because we feel like the message is what matters and the message is free. And you can go on our website and get the message and, and read Padilla's words. Padilla and I wrote most of all the words on there, but Padilla, what I do is I write some stuff down and Padilla is a brilliant writer yeah, and she so is, definitely. <laughs> I, would, I would agree, totally. So she go, no, I'll, I'll, good at speaking. I'll write something down and I'll go, I'll go, how's this? And then it's like three lines. How's this? And then like 20 minutes later, I'll get back four inches of text. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I just punched it up a little bit. And I'm like, yes, that's fucking great. Nice. Um, well, you know, the best awesome. thing is to find different ways of, of saying it so you can appeal to all these different people. Yeah. You yeah. Know? The yeah. more you yeah. say, sometimes it's easier to people to... But we, 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 you know, we do the line, the clothing line, but we also, you know, we, we do installations and street art and fine art and... Yeah, we're moving more into that, doing some really unique oh, okay. stuff on the street. Um, kind mm, of can't crea- wait. <laughs> creating little scenes and environments that just sort of, you know, articulate kind of obscure aspects of the human experience mm, I love stuff. how you put that can I can I ask you guys I saw just because you mentioned the trauma kids that I don't want to move too far away from that I saw uh, one of our patrons actually got a tattoo of the trauma kids and yeah. the dual diagnosis yeah. like right off the bat oh yeah, yeah shout we... out to Tamara <laughs> basically <laughs> I love it yeah man so I'm just saying it's always how does that feel when somebody like tattoo I don't know Dave I'm sure somebody's tattooed your face onto their arm before <laughs> but, that's, I was just but, saying, that's, right. but that's a different thing you're right that is different let me, let me tell you the difference okay yeah that is somebody's interpretation of what they who they think i am mm. right when it's right. something you created and it is not your image it is a totally different feeling. you're right yeah yeah, yeah. it's a totally different yeah. feeling so i'm actually more moved by the fact that someone would go ahead and do that when it was something that we created yeah and it's it has and nobody would have any it has no ties to me yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. We sent out about 35 files uh, of the artwork, the Trauma Kids, uh, Diagnosis Human, and then our Rorschach Butterfly. Mm-hmm. So we've been getting DMs with people, you know, giving their dates that they're going to have their work done. So we're going to have a lot of really cool shots coming in soon. It's so yeah. crazy that you said, nice. like, Rorschach Butterfly, because at first I saw two guns. Yeah. yeah. You, you yeah. know what I mean? So it, obviously it is a Rorschach test, right? It's like some people see the guns, some people see uh, the butterflies, and they're actually like very opposing images. One's like a very, very like soft, brittle, kind of like delicate image, right? Yeah, well, one is about about metamorphosis, you Mm, know, something that is is dark, and then you see beauty in it. Oh, that's so much better. And then if you see it, (laughs) but if you see it the other way, it's something, uh, you know, that's scary and dangerous. So the logo really speaks to... You know, one of the one of the many perspectives that we're trying to put forth, and also the fact that the Rorschach test was an archaic psychiatric tool to help people, where 
patients were told, there's no right or wrong answer. Just tell us what you see. Mm. And you say, yeah, I see a lady getting shot in the face. They're going to lock you up. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's like, you know, so there is a wrong answer. But yeah, for yeah, us, yeah. there is no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's a butterfly. It's two guns. I call it a moth all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because I see the Mothman in it. Mm. Which yeah, I don't yeah, know if yeah. you're familiar with the Mothman, oh, yeah. but... Uh, yeah. Classic horror movie, man. Well, it's a horror movie, but it's actually a, a, it's a... It's an urban legend that this Mothman really existed. I oh, really? I don't in know. Ohio, and, and, yeah, and he caused the collapse of a major bridge. Oh, really? Yeah, it's... it's I'll, I'll hip you to this. It's so fucking... <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. But, I'm about to um, do some Googling later tonight, man. Mothman, all right. Yeah. But so, but I love the fact that we were able to bring, like ancient archaic psychiatry elements into the art that we're doing because we are trying to shatter that Mm. yeah and and i love that too because we're kind of still doing those same things just they don't seem as ridiculous but they really are like in the way that we that's true judge and shame people like i really love um the concept uh of neurodivergence, you know, just the idea that there are over neurodivergence. Yeah, can you go into that? I was th- thinking, yeah. about, do I even know what the fuck that is? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to digest it. Yes. Yeah, well, so- neuro, you got right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so- <laughs> that's about all I got. So. <laughs> divergence is a movie, right? No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> Basically, the way our culture looks at, um, you know, brain function for, or, or whatever you want to call it is that there is a very narrow range of what is considered normal. And if you're outside of that, you're ill. You mm. have an illness. And what does that mean? That means something is wrong with you and you should be some other way. There, right. You're not right. Mm. Um, and so if you think about the fact that there are over 7 billion people in this world, so 7 billion brains... And if you just spend five minutes looking at how complex of a structure it is, like on an electrical, chemical level, like we cannot explain how the brain functions for yeah. the most part. And we only use a very small part of it. It's miraculous, yeah. And the other thing about it is that it is uh, it's dynamic. It's constantly changing due to neuroplasticity. And every moment, it's rewiring, it's pruning. Like, it, it's just, I could go on for that yeah so you're creating so so some of us get stuck into a certain neural pathway that is that's what ptsd is it's just running the same thought through the same pathway Mm -hmm. in the brain and that's what brings so say a a vet that comes back from war right and he was he put through traumatic events in the war and then you know a, a car backfires and he and he panics because he's instantly brought back to that moment because the trauma lives within the physiology of the person who experiences it. And so... And that ain't going to be easy to get rid of. No, but what we're saying is it's okay. And you can get rid of that, actually. It's not easy. It's a lot of fucking work. It's, it's a way that your nervous system has been conditioned and it's an operating system that gets installed and it's lenses that get skewed. And it's very separate than your spirit, who you are as a person. And um, it, it's something that kind of we take on as, as layers that sort of build up so that our spirit can't really translate into life forms. She can't really build the life that reflects it mm-hmm. and helps it to grow into, you know, its full robustness. So the combination of looking at things from that angle in terms of lenses operating system and reconditioning the nervous system between that and then um, developing a greater sense of that spirit, uh, you absolutely can um, transcend all of that. And 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 you find the right terms and you make people aware of them. Yeah, you have to stop labeling it mental illness. Right, right, right. And especially... There's also the other people that, you know, maybe put the... You know the the bad, whatever to the to these terms, and you know it's like maybe these people need to have a little bit more tolerance. You know, it's yeah. like okay, tolerance, yeah. patience, and compassion for sure. Yeah, there you go. But if you think about what she's saying and and what's normal, what's not normal, my favorite artists of all time, mm. 
let's just talk about Vincent Van Gogh. That guy would have been oh, locked up. Yeah. Right? He would have been yeah. locked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Right. But look what he did. He turned his insanity into into just the most compelling production of, of arts that we've seen. I always feel bad for him because he never got the recognition during his own lifetime. You, you know, know what I mean? Like, it's always one of those stories like, you're like, oh, look at this. Like, you can be like, you don't do it for the recognition. He's like one of the guys that I would hope has an ability to have an awareness in the afterlife. To yeah. be able to see, look at did what Gauguin, I did. Did, did Gauguin have awareness back then? Because they lived in the same house and they mm. competed with one another. That's true. That's you know because they were part of a whole movement that was like. Well, they back were lovers. Then. They were lovers too. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know okay. that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. But I know Are you that starting rumors. No, but what, what I do know years later, or many years later, <laughs> well, he got upset and cut his ear off because Gauguin left him. Mm, I didn't oh, know that. Didn't and know so that's why he got so upset. You, you know what? So when I was in Amsterdam, when I was in Amsterdam, I was looking at just the Van Gogh Museum, and he had some really other interesting works besides. You the saw one. his ear. <laughs> I didn't, but it's close. It's close, actually, man. He had some like bat taxidermy kind of stuff. Really? Man. Yeah, oh, that's cool. That and it was cool. just like to me, I was just like, it's really cool to see that this guy was really um, exploring like many facets of art, basically, because we all know. Oh, no, he, went, he went through different stages. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. Yeah. There's like paintings that are kind of really dark and you know done with a brush, not so much the palette knife that has the flecks of paint that you really kind of know him for. Like these Starry Night is like the most you know yeah. vivid ones. Is just. Man, that's just like, you know, palette knife, just taking chunks of paint and just putting it down next to each other. And that's why it's so vivid and bright and everything. But he had, you know, paintings in his earlier life that were just muddled and brown and shitty looking. What I love, <laughs> what I love is at the time there was kind of a, what would you call it? Like a consulate, like an art. Uh, there was kind of like a council. A, yeah, it was a council. Yeah. It was a council of artists that they got together and this is how we're going to do shows and you had to be in or you were out. Oh, yeah. And, movements uh, like expressions. He yeah, yeah, yeah. Expressions. So he was part of a movement. And then when he did the yellow flowers on the yellow background and the yellow base, yeah. they were like, can't you can't, that. no, no, no. You can't do that. Well, what are you doing? <laughs> They're breaking the rules. Yeah, these are the rules. There's no contrast, but but there is contrast. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He mm -hmm. just did it because he was thinking different. Yeah. And so what we love is celebrating those different thoughts. Totally. Hold on. There's somebody... Somebody hollering outside. This is Los Maybe Angeles, man. <laughs> dealing with some issues himself. You never but know. But what I, what I love is that, that exact example of, like, who's to say that what's going on within your mind isn't somehow beautiful? Yeah, totally. I get you it. Know? Right, you find the right way to look at it, right? That's right. And so... Yeah. I was saying that uh, the um, Art Basel panel we just did, that there are cultures in the world who... You know, people that we would consider schizophrenic, they mm. believe have one foot in two worlds. And so oh. they have shamans who's help, who help them to bring those gifts forth. And everybody's like excited, you know, about mm. this. Whereas here we shun people and we push them away. You know what? This reminds me of my aunt uh, on my mom's side of the family, my aunt Nell. Yeah. Um, she, she went through a couple of... Um, uh, asylums or uh, treatment centers and um, you know I just I felt bad for her because I, I just felt like it was the neighborhood that she was in that yeah. caused her to oh, take man. the drugs that she took oh, to absolutely. suppress her her you know well, the way she was acting because when I was around her and she was acting all crazy and doing her things I was like you belong in California. Yeah. Exactly. You you yes. would be normal yeah. in California. And, yeah. But that you know what? Meanwhile in Greensboro, North Carolina you know, yeah. they thought she was a nutcase. Of course. And, you know, and so people talk about her. And so then, you know, you get. But all that does is prohibit her from getting better because yeah. now she's shamed. And the hospital exactly. probably. Exactly. I don't know. Hey, look. That is I'll tell, so I'll tell you guys true. right here. I've been in the 5150 ward before. Okay. And then, <laughs> oh, dude, I've spent over yeah. a year of my life in <laughs> yeah. rehab. Literally then, over a year of my wait, life. Wait a second. Rehab. This is something I haven't heard from James. What? Hold on. Oh, no, okay. I didn't know this well, no, yeah. So it's. I'm just saying that those environments of. Uh, the mental asylum is like the worst place in the fucking world, They're man. Not helping. <laughs> let me tell you, a, uh, this is just an anecdote. I never shared this story publicly, actually. Um, I took an Adderall. Okay. Mm. Start. It's just, just, this is very important for the beginning of the story. I took an Adderall and then, uh, 
It was a slow released one. One of the slow released ones. Why would you ever want <laughs> slow release? Uh, you, you know, a friend, yeah, exactly, right. Now. Seven billion different people. Yeah, a, a friend, a friend gave it to me. I didn't know a slow release yeah. one. You know, so by the time at nighttime, I had actually forgotten that I had fucking taken it. Yeah, no. smoked crack. <laughs> so, yeah, wow, I, I smoked crack. Yeah, and no, took a no. Viagra. <laughs> no. So what happened was basically, um, and later on at night couldn't go to sleep i literally forgot that i had taken this pill so i called my 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 thoughts were like super like cycling and around my brain and i was just like uh i called my brother and i was like hey man i need you to come get me because like uh i'm not feeling mentally well you know what i mean yeah and then um so he came and got me i got in an argument with him on the side of the freeway decided to jump out of the car right was walking back home the cops roll up on me. <laughs> ah, they, timing. They, you know, they, they're like, what are you doing? They throw you in. They, anyways, they, I wasn't really doing anything illegal, right? So they were like, all right, this guy's just walking on the side of the freeway. They didn't want to take me to jail, so they took me to the 5150, uh, yeah. oh. 5150 place, right? Wow. <clears throat> and at that time, they're, I was like just upset, you know, you know what I mean, emotional. And then, uh, so they drew my blood to figure out what uh, what was going oh, on with And me. what did they find in And there? because of that Adderall, uh, uh, because of that Adderall, guess what? They kept on saying, you know, you're smoking meth, okay? All right. Oh. Right? <clears throat> so, so for the audience, actually, just so you know, from a chemist's perspective, Adderall and meth shows up the same peak. Oh, yeah. It does. <laughs> oh. Okay, so, so what I'm saying is like those 5150 environments, imagine if, like, you know, you're just in a bad uh, mental state and then all of a sudden the cops or you get in an argument with your family member the cops roll up on you they throw you in the 5150 and then you have a doctor accusing you of smoking meth yeah you're this is how this is how <gasps> this is how the medical <laughs> this is how they treat you man if you were crazy before <laughs> you're gonna be crazy exactly. after that's that my, that was can my I, point can yeah. I point out an observation yeah. which I think is really really cool and I think which is one of the things we're about is that's how they treated you right but because we're now sitting here talking about this. You've just shared that for the first time publicly. Totally, yeah. Because you feel safe in the room that you're in. That's right. That's right. You that's know right. What I mean, totally. And that is beautiful. <laughs> and thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I actually yeah. came. I, I came to the. Well, yeah, I came to the table today. I was going to share that story if the time it came right. And you're right. Yeah. I did feel safe. You know what I mean? So, yeah. no, I, I just really wanted to share that. I mean. That's not my only time in there, but <laughs> that, well, I mean, that time I didn't deserve to fucking be uh, in there for sure. You know, but no, I just wanted to bring up that point that it's just like the way they accuse you of being crazy and yeah. being like a drug addict. It's so crazy because the system, that's how the system works. You know what I mean? And it's like, um, you know, how's it? I had to basically tell him like, hey, man. Like, I took Adderall. I'm a chemist. <laughs> you know, I understand peaks. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? But it's like the normal average guy would not put those together. And all of a sudden, you're you're locked in jail for smoking meth. And then you just took a fucking Adderall. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, guys, thank you for letting me share that story, man. Because uh, I think I'm it's, sure I a lot, think it's, I'm now, a lot of people... Now, wait a second. You said there's other stories, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Other, but what so, I other think stories is really... Crazy, I mean, yeah. just, to, just to highlight this, I don't want it to get lost, is that... What an amazing thing for you to come in here and share that publicly yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Because we're talking. Well, but no, it's not even that. <laughs> Back though. in the day, that would not have been. It's because we're talking about this. And yeah, this exactly. is a conversation yeah. that needs to be had. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. We're, we're just openly cool having thing. the conversation. Totally. Man. That's been the coolest thing about all the, the photos we've been getting back of people in this stuff. I mean, it's awesome to see it in a shirt we made. Yeah, but. Um, the posts, the captions that they're writing, the stories like you're telling, yeah, really heartfelt stuff, uh, really raw, and people are starting to realize, wow, you know what? We're all, we're all, we're all fucking crazy. We're all fucking yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. If you're not crazy, you're boring. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I would say that there, there's, you know, there are some, there are some things that need some serious attention. Sure. There are, there's there all are different degrees. Professional places that can handle that and help with pe- with people, but. Even for someone who just doesn't feel like they fit in, that's true. They're telling themselves a narrative: "I'm not good enough. I'm not one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't. They don't look at me the same. Whatever it is, and that's self-shaming, self-sabotage. And that was learned very early, yeah, as mm-hmm. a child from from you know whatever the parental figures were yeah, at the yeah, time, yeah, right? Yeah. Yep. That kind of view has been self-inflicted and learned and believed. And we're saying." That's bullshit. Mm. You're a fucking special person. And you can take that and make it a gift. Yeah, and it's okay to live in that way, too. Because 
like where I grew up, it it wasn't. You know, you had. Where did you grow up? Yeah, uh, Long Island. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. Here, here come the jokes. I see your, fi- I see your head. <laughs> Where's the accent? No, no, no. Though? Just I in the East Coast, I think it's even more suppressed. It is than in the West Coast because in the East Coast, it's much more of a go-getter uh, lifestyle. You know, it's everyone's so on time. Everyone's just like going yeah. like Germans almost. Yeah, and it was so weird. for a, a mental problem or something like that. I think that happened with both my parents. Yeah, my mom was uh, um, bipolar. And I know my dad had some issues. Yeah. yeah. Um, and but neither one of them ever went to see a doctor about right. it. Right. No. And if not even a, a therapist that, or anything. I think that that's like kind of at least people are like willing to kind of like talk about it these. Days. I I, w- I would even say that when this happened in 2011, well, uh-huh, the story I just uh-huh. told you, we didn't even use those words like mental health, self care, like right. in society yet. You, no. you know what I mean? So like. Um, so I'm just saying this is like a just or if that, we did it wasn't very <clears throat> very well well known. I mean I, I, I remember depressed. because uh, like I said I, I felt like I had to because of this incident I was ordered to go to therapy <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean and then like I felt like some sort of shame behind yeah. that at, at the time but yeah. which nowadays I hear my friends saying like hey I gotta go to therapy for this I gotta go to therapy it's like just more common speak and I think that that's obviously a good thing man I mean well, we still have a long way to go obviously yeah well know. I'll tell you one thing about the therapeutic process and what I found is that being able to do put together a, a, a narrative a timeline a cognitive in a cognitive way a timeline of your trauma or your event and be able to share that and get feedback and see it for really for what it is Mm-hmm. really puts it into the right perspective because it's not just rattling around in your head anymore. Yeah. Because that's where it gets big. Mm. Right. You know? right. I just got a text 45 minutes ago that's still rattling around in my head. You know what I mean? Like I have to keep telling myself, let it go, man. It's not your business. You're right. And you know what I mean? And we're working on it. We're all works in progress. Just talking to somebody about it, a lot of times like kind of like lets that like pressure valve. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of yes. like, yeah. You, you know, have you ever had like a <clears throat> a friend that you don't know that well, but all of a sudden they, you know, they're going through some shit and they kind of just blurt it out to you. You, you, you know yeah. what I mean? Like to me, um, when I was younger, I would always feel like, oh, dude, why is this person sharing so much? You, you know what I mean? But now I re- after going through those own incidents myself where I'm like, oh, fuck, I overshared with, <laughs> with this person. <laughs> you know what I mean? What I'm saying is like, I totally understand. It's like sometimes you just need somebody to like, vent to man you right know? and that's but what here's what i would suggest be very careful about who you choose to vent to oh totally <laughs> right. as I, was, I was going to say like that's why therapy is actually a good thing because it's a person that's just there and they don't really know you that well and you know and they'll well, notice if you're trying to convince them to like you for a certain thing and th- anyways what were you saying dude well i was just going to say like if if for instance i'm going through a breakup and I have a rough moment and I'm sad or I'm, I'm broken hearted about it yeah. and I need to vent or I need to share, I'm not going to call the girl to have her help me fix it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the worst idea yeah. you could do. Yeah. You got to pick, you got to think and you got to choose who's going to be receptive to this. That's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because totally. then you could be more shamed. That's right. That's right. right. You actually, yeah. well, it's it the actually, same with therapists too. Yeah. You have the wrong therapist and uh, you're done, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I've, I've been to a few bad therapists in my life. I feel like they're kind of just like, they try to tell you everything's okay, but then you're like, you don't understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? So well, the, you, need, you need somebody that like is empathetic enough to. I that, feel like the people that have been through difficult things and yeah. then have gone on to become therapists because of it are the mm, most that, helpful. But yes, the people that ha- just went into it as a profession and learned about you know, being human from a textbook, mm. it's not, it's Big never right helped. Probably it's tend never to be me. condescending, <laughs> like they're above you and they're trying to help you or some shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the same thing as when you talk about a group like Alcoholics Anonymous. Those are all recovering alcoholics talking to other recovering alcoholics mm. and that's where the bond and the connection comes and that's why it works for those people. So if you find a therapist that hasn't overcome their own struggles... There's never going to be a connect. Mm. It is going to be different. It's going to be the therapist and the identified patient as opposed to two people talking totally. and sharing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, you know what? It's just like talking to somebody nowadays seems so, uh, 
more normal. You know, before people were just like, shake it off. <laughs> you know, sh- yeah, right? Walk it off, true. right? That, that's pretty much you what... You were seen as weak. Yeah, you Which know? is probably why your parents never saw anybody because it's a generational thing. And in that yeah. era, yeah. if you went to see somebody for help, people looked weak. at you funny and yeah. they thought you were weak. But totally, yeah. And we believe that the vulnerability is the strength to push forward. Or totally. to stay away from that person, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be around that person too much because they may have an influence or an effect on you or something like that. And another, that was thing, another stigma. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, another thing I want to bring up, just because I mean I'm token here, but uh, in the Asian community, man, like it's something that especially for us, like we don't address, man. And I don't know how many like Asian American friends that I have, like you know, yeah. we're known to be high performers in school. I just came up with a great street art name for you. <laughs> What's that? God. Secret Asian man. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, right? well, no, it's not a secret anymore. Fuck. You know, Sam. Fuck. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm just so saying real. that, especially in the Asian community, we're secret held. Secret Asian man. Why, why does Why does he? You <laughs> know, in that in that song, he sings fucking Asian dude. I, I've he listened has to it. To. That's what I'm saying. I've listened to it a million times. Like, he's saying Asian man. What the yeah. hell? But uh, but no, I'm just saying. Especially in my community, man, it's something like you know everybody's held at a certain high standard, especially in their family. It's like, hey, we brought you over here, man, and you, you need to perform. And it's something that's not. <laughs> not no, seriously, this is like what we get. Yeah. What we get said, you know what I mean? And I'm just saying that to me, I think it's just like. Uh, there's no shame, man. You, what, you know, what, at the end what, of the day. If you don't mind me asking, where where's your... I'm Chinese, yeah. Chinese, yeah. okay. Ta- or, my parents are from Taiwan. There's that whole thing, you know what I mean? Okay, because I know yeah. that within the Asian communities, there's racial hierarchies. Oh, totally. Oh, dude, yeah, with Taiwan, even being, what, Taiwan? The fact that I, that, that I just told you, oh, my parents are from Taiwan, but my grandparents... Yeah. Like, there's like this complicated thing. I mean, yeah. you know, in Asia, I'm just saying, that's the old world, man. There's like racism built in already. Uh, the Korean... <laughs> <laughs> apparently... <laughs> Okay, I don't know. That, for what I understand, the Koreans, I think we even talked about this, consider themselves the top of the food, of the Asian food oh, chain. Oh, well, basically, it's like what we used to consider like the Orientals, basically like the uh, Chinese, Japanese, um, Korean. Yeah. Basically, the, the lighter skin. <laughs> you know, it's fucked up. Yeah. So I'm saying, it's like, it's not, you know, white and black racism is not just an American but thing. But if you man. talk, like, no, it's not. But if you talk, <laughs> if you talk to Koreans, they will tell you that they invented the spoon. Oh, no shit. That's right. You guys were sipping out of the bowls until the (laughs) Koreans invented the spoon. And that's why they're better. You know, that's so fucking it's funny. It's so great. Because it's just my, weird. My, my, my dad will tell me how everything's from fucking China, basically. Of course. Originally. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. but but no, I mean, that, that's so fucking funny. We got to fact check that, man. But no. I, I, <laughs> my, my best friend is, my best friend Todd Newman is married to a Korean woman. So he's now a part of a huge Korean family. Oh, totally. Wow. And when, her, when, her, when her dad has a few. He, st- <laughs> he starts saying. He starts screaming about how he's like, well, "We invented the spoon." <laughs> Where were the fucking? <laughs> so great! I love that. Man. I love it. Where the fucking world be without kimchi, man? Shit, dude. <laughs> but anyways, my bad. What I was just saying is that in many communities, it's not addressed, man. And I think it amongst artists, we're definitely like kind of like addressing this. We know artists, you know, we're all a little bit kooky in the head. I think. But, uh, you know, just normal people, man. Sometimes it's like you got to check on your friends, too. We're talking about self-care. But also it's like, hey, man, during this COVID time, there's so many people going through rough times. Yeah. Um, and the holidays. Oh, yeah. COVID oh, yeah. time. You know what? I mean, I was, that's like a double fucking whammy right there. Yeah. Holidays for artists is like the worst time, dude, because a lot of artists, they're not living at home. They're yeah. living in a far place, living with a bunch of people. Those people may have gone home. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then a lot of times I found myself like a... Uh, um, you know, my family's not usually here in most years. And then, uh, you know, spending Christmas, like, I'm too lazy to go out anyways, right? You know, join somebody else's family. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is a hard Watch time a for Christmas people, Christmas special on TV well, or something. <laughs> what's, what, I, what I think is interesting about what we're, what we're doing for us, and what I find interesting about it is that Padilla obviously has suffered some PTSD, and I have as well, a lot of it in my lifetime. And, you know, I, I, I'm an artist and drawn to the arts because... I have such a nonstop brain that I need to have some kind of meditative outlet to just kind of chill. And the arts have have become that for me. But what we're doing is we're just being more specific with it Mm. instead of like making our insanity into, you know, the yellow flowers with the yellow background and the yellow base. We're just saying we're insane and we're cool with it. (laughs) You know what I mean? I got the papers. I got the papers, man. We're totally cool with it. (laughs) No, I, th- I think I think you know what for me that's 
been the mentality that I kind of have had to uh, take too, because like when you go through one of these like uh, public embarrassments, I would like you know just traumas, public traumas, yeah. let's just say, and you reach out to a bunch of your friends because you know you're hurting or whatever, you need the help, right? And then yeah. the aftermath is really what you don't really think about because now everything's good again, right? And then it's like, oh shit you actually deal with that. You're, you start to feel embarrassed when you meet those people again a lot of times. You know, I mean, you're like, oh, shit, I, I shouldn't have asked this person for this or this person might think I'm crazy or something like that. So yeah, I think it's, it's awesome, man, that you guys are doing that. There's there's no, you can't, you can't live. I mean, I, you can do what you want, but <laughs> you just don't, there's no regrets with that. There's totally. no, there's no take backs. There's nothing you can do. Anyway, you shared it and that's it. And if you really think about it, that's you standing in your truth and in your power. Yeah, and if you're just, able to voice it. what's going on within you truthfully, that is the most powerful thing. That's what freaks people out. It's not the fact that what you told them is freaking them out. What's freaking them out is that you're that clear and that honest and totally. that forthright. And comfortable with it. Yes. Yeah. And reaching out to to connect with it. That's I mean, true. That, that that's that's wellness. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. That's not illness. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like you said at the end owning it is you know, use it as your plate of armor, man. Like, I'm crazy. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of times, too. It's like, I, that's another the mentality. I'm saying, like, yeah. that that I've kind of, like, just embraced it. You, you know what I mean? Like, you, why, if you're, you know, all the pe- cool people I know are crazy, actually. You start talking to people. Think about like, the musicians that I grew up around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, we were all out of our fucking minds already, turned to drugs as a potential remedy for how yeah. to deal with that. So now you've got you've got mental illness and drug addiction because we're trying to self-soothe with the drugs. So that's another diagnosis on top of it. Now you're fucked and now everybody you work with is that way and we all think that if we get to this certain point everything's going to be better and when you get there and find out it's not then you're fucked. It's just a simple quadratic equation, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, um but what a lot of people don't realize, like you were just saying, you know, it's 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 not going to be a finish line. You know no. what I mean? You're not going to go, ah, I figured it out. Right. This is it. That's exactly is, right. Is no, it's br- going to be a continual fucking That's struggle exactly for the right. rest of your life. This reminds me of a couple of things uh, we were talking about right before we got on the show. Uh, Lil Peep, man. Yeah. You, you, you know what I mean? So one of the things that <clears throat> kind of like Lil Peep is a, uh, I would say he's like kind of like. I don't know, this is kind of disrespectful to Kurt Cobain, but kind of like the Kurt Cobain of this generation. I, I wouldn't say it's disrespectful. I think he's one of the most iconic uh, up-and-coming uh, well, not- <laughs> musicians at the time when okay. he was when he was yeah. happening. And he started a movement, which is actually, I think, very similar to ours, where he wore his pain on the outside and was not afraid to tell anybody anything. And I really respected that. He's since passed, but... Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I saw that documentary, um, Everybody's, Everybody's Everything. Every- yeah, Everybody's Everything. And honestly, man, it touched me so much. And I was just thinking about you, Dave, the whole time I was uh, doing this. Because I related a lot to this guy. I'm like, man, this is a guy that... The reason why the movie's called Everybody's Everything is because he wanted to be Everybody's Everything, actually. He yeah. was there for everybody, actually. And then uh, at one point, he had a house where he had a, maybe like 20, 30 artists just living there all rent free basically and they were all living off him yeah. and uh it was just wow. toxic environment and i was Oof. like shit i've actually that's a, that's a... but the beautiful thing and i got chills look at that because <laughs> i mean seriously because if you there's a there's a scene in that film and i'm gonna forward it to you where he's on stage at a club and he's singing he's doing his thing but what he's saying to a room full of strangers is so vulnerable and so transparent mm. and so honest, everybody in that room was riveted. And that was his, his way of doing that cognitive thing that we're talking about, mm. that, that way of sharing. Yeah. But he was not afraid to say, here's what's going on with me. And he noticed that everybody around him was kind of going through that too. He became kind of the, you know, the icon of that, of being able to express his own vulnerability and, and sadness, being, ex- being accepted, and being accepted for it, and being being held up as, as as a result of it, because he was finally saying the reason why you bring up the Kurt Cobain comparison, because here comes along a guy who's finally saying all the shit that all the kids are thinking, right, yeah. and nobody's saying it, yeah, right. and then you know, 
teach if you uh, we'll put up a picture oh, there it is okay in the video yeah, yeah. <laughs> just saying. this guy has like tattoos all over his face he like looks really really scary and then there was uh, another guy in the um uh documentary called like um i love mocking or something like that and he was saying that he was like dude little peep he looked really scary on the outside but he was really nice on the inside while this guy was very mean on the inside, but he looked very nice on the outside. There's always this duality of right, but artists. the tattoos on his <laughs> face say "crybaby." They say "eat cake," like they are. He's wearing his pain on the outside. So, to the, the random observer, it looks like maybe this guy's tatted up over all of the face. He did time, whatever. But if you look at what those tattoos are saying, they're little sad faces. They're like he's he's projecting his <clears throat> own insecurity and vulnerability. Through his music, through his tattoos, through the art, Dave. What 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 makes you get? You have a lot of tattoos, you yeah. know. What I mean, like, what is like? What makes you get a new tattoo? I mean, um, just like how long ago was the last tattoo you got? Uh, probably about six months ago, and it was a hand poke tattoo. Uh, and uh, what of? Uh, it actually says Trauma Kids. It's right here. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice, Tupac style. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, across the belly. Nice. <laughs> At man. one point, when I was heavy into drugs. I was going to get drug life <laughs> across the belly <laughs> instead of thug life. Nice. But I never did. Been, it would have be cool. been great. Would've yeah, been, that would have been cool. Wouldn't that have been a great idea? But uh, <laughs> No, it would have been cool. I mean, it would have been funny. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, it's all hand poked. And, I, you know, tattooing for me is just, it's, 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 it's. What was the hand poke like compared to the other? Is it oh, like way better? It's a different style. It's a different technique, and you know, is it like the Thai kind of thing? Like the, no, I've had that, that too. Okay, um, this is a girl, a really amazing artist, and she she just stabs you over and over with the ink, just mm. old school prison style, prison style yeah, basically. That's what and that's what all those that's what all those kids are doing now. They're doing like you know, they look shitty, but they mean something. Mm. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, see, yeah. that's what I'm saying because I, I I'm very curious about this next. Gen- like I have one tattoo it's one of my fraternities down my back basically yeah. I felt like I had to earn that one too and I haven't really uh, gotten any other ones because I haven't worked as hard at anything but that's just me personally my own kind of like when should I get tattoos you know I'm always oh. very curious like when because you see like some rappers like Post Post Malone he has always tired on his face right yeah <laughs> and I'm just like I don't think that could mean too too much right besides like he just wanted he felt that way and he wanted to express himself you know yeah. so, so I'm always just really curious about like uh, especially the guy like Lil Peep who he has a whole bunch of tattoos on his face. It's like, what is that? Hey man, I'm gonna get a tattoo of this on my uh, on myself. Like, what does that trigger? Or is it like they like the feeling? You, you know, I'm sure it's a lot of things. Yeah. It's different things for different people. But what I would say is that you know, and I respect the fact that you got your tattoo and you're like, you know, I haven't I haven't earned this to move forward yet. But when I was coming up, and the you know, I hate to say this, but like when I was 17, I got my first tattoo, like. We got them over time. We got them in different cities. We got them on tour. Mm. Like, can you kind what of was your remember first tattoo? Uh, I don't even recall at this point. But <laughs> the point I'm making is that nowadays kids are just getting blasted head to toe within a week. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Like weeds growing on them. Yeah. So you went. So, but my the fucked up thing for me is back in like in the 80s when you would see someone blasted with tattoos. You knew they were in prison. That no, you knew that person has lived the fucking life and earned all that shit and is oh, okay. fucking 80s, hard. Yeah. Right. Right? Yeah. right. Now, right, right. I, you know, this guy could have gotten his whole sleeve done yesterday and he looks hard, like, but he's still, <laughs> you know what I mean? But he's frail and and, and, and again, that's, you know, that's it's, it's just it's show. just the way it's yeah, it could be. You know, I don't know. I'm not but, in their minds. Maybe it's 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 progressed and that's what kids do now. It's gotten more and more intense, but for me, it's a dangerous signal to send if you're a young kid and you get blasted right away because it tells older people like me, this person knows what's up when they might not know what's up. Mm, exactly. And true. then when you talk to them about what's up, they're not prepared for it. Mm, and if it know? goes any at all against their tattoos, then they're going to feel like that they got to defend themselves against it. I don't even mean that. What I mean is, I'll give you an example. I met a girl a couple years ago in New York City, and she was head to toe covered with tattoos and fucking looked great and this and that and this and that. One thing led to another. It turns out that she was only 17 years old. Mm, Okay? I mean, nothing happened, but 
I was under the impression that I was talking to someone oh, totally. who was at the same level of understanding life as me because she had already gone out and done all this stuff within a year or two. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so no, it I mean, gave uh, that perception to me like, oh, you're one of the tribe. You've right, lived the right, life. Right, right. And then I found out her age. I'm like, wow. You know what I yeah. mean? And I so mean, it's a, it's just a different dynamic and I can't judge it because I'm not this age now. I'm 53 now. Well, I mean, shit, you are the ink master, man. So you, you, you deserve an opinion. Well, I'm not the ink master. <laughs> the ink, let, me explain, let me explain that. The ink master is the winner of the show. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I just sit there and I That's just true. That's call true. out, you know, times. That's right. <laughs> you have an opinion, though. Yeah, I mean, like I said, right. But I mean, my but yeah. opinions on the show are based on the competition. They're not based on my own life. Totally. And if I brought totally. my own life experience and my own life opinions on the show, then that would be judgmental. Mm. The reason we were able to get away with it on the show is that there are parameters for certain challenges. Like today, we're going to do a foo dog, and it has to look like this, and mm. then we look at those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. in the real world, I don't look at people's tattoos and give a fuck one way or the other. If they're <laughs> happy with it, they're well, happy. I'm sure people have been like, dude, what do you think of my tattoo? And I know. My answer is always, <laughs> do you like it? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, cool. Then I, then I like it, too. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. I am serious. It's like no, I mean, that, that's a good answer, though. You, you know, what I mean? because it's, it's a great who, answer. Who did you get it for? That's a perfect did, answer. Did you get it for everybody, or did right. you get it for you? Right. So, right. go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. So, so wait. You you said earlier about the brand dual diagnosis is D U E L, right? So that that has a double entendre. Yeah. Kind well, of, you want to take yeah. that one. Uh, yeah, we're kind of just challenging the concept that, you know, that these diagnoses are, are defect. Mm. It's just really, truly aspects of being human, of having different brains or different ways of behaving and, or, or thinking or struggling with things like trauma, depression, anxiety, which are truly parts of being human. We all go through it different points in our life in different ways and uh with regard to those things i i'd really like to see um our think our our perspective on them shift to where we understand that it's the conditions that created it that are the illness not the person Um, when i when i look back um on my own life you know when i was a lot younger and i think of how many doctors diagnosed me with this mental illness and, you know, different mental illnesses and um, the life that I led because of that. So for so many years of making lesser choices, of not pursuing my dreams, of not thinking that I deserved supportive friends, like on so many levels, I lived a really fucked up life because of the idea of mental illness. But the truth is... um, you know, the conditions that I grew up under were the illness. My mother was the mm, illness. Yes. Yeah. My Christian neighbors who spread rumors about me and kept their kids away from me, uh, they were the illness. Yes. My uh. school administrators who knew something was really fucked up at, in my house and looked the other way, they were the illness. Uh, same thing in high school where nobody helped me to understand... Uh, how to build a life for myself or, or what, that I had a future even, you know, that was the illness. Um, you know, people are just th- listening right now. Like, Hey, what the fuck? That's like my yeah. fucking story. No, right seriously. Right now. And, yeah, and exactly. then you go, you go to get help and all of the doctors who are like, yeah, you're just, you know, there's something wrong with you. You're not right. And never bothered, right. <laughs> never bothered to look one millimeter beyond the surface forms of my symptoms and realize that I had never developed a sense of myself. I had no tools to express myself. They just myself. go strictly to the chemical instead of the, the method. Exactly. I had, I had nothing to build a life with emotionally or, or behavior wise, like That's no right. skills. Uh, and, all of those doctors that failed for so many years to see that, they were the illness. That's right. And the society that doesn't have insight or wisdom or understanding of all this 
doesn't have empathy and just judges and shames, that is the illness. That is the illness. When I look back, I was the wellness. Yes. (laughs) The conditions were the illness. But she just also described the perfect trauma kid syndrome, which is you don't know any better when you're a kid. And you grow up and you think this is it and people are telling you this and that. And the other thing, you don't understand at four years old that your parents are fucked. You yeah. think that they know what's going on. And then you go through all that and you end up out in the world kind of struggling and you're the ill one. You're the one with the illness. It's like a bizarre, I don't know, form of gaslighting or something. Yeah. You yeah. Put no, some... actually, I think that's a great, yeah. that's like a kind of a semi-neo term, you know, but I think it's a great yeah. example. It's not neo. The, the film Gaslight is it's like from the 50s. Oh, <laughs> I've been but hearing no, it used more and more and more, right. more recently. Yeah, but that's where it came it. from. It's totally. a black yeah, and white yeah, yeah, film, yeah. and I, you have to see it now. Okay, I'll, we're just I got some homework assignments. in terms of abuse and stuff like that. So yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Let me just but. tack on, if I can, to the dual diagnosis, the yeah. name, because we also, you know, as you pointed out, our logo is the moth, the butterfly, the guns. Two guns is a dual. Dual, there's two of us. And are we going to take our maladies and turn them towards each other? Or are we going to turn them outward and express something beautiful? Love that, man. I kind of wanted, I was thinking that about the guns, you know what I mean? Man, damn, dude. I love that. You got each other's backs. Yes, we do. Yeah. And when we understand that the conditions are the illness, not ourselves, then we understand that we have the power to create different conditions to a certain extent. You know, we have the power to be the medicine. Yeah. there's. Uh, I just can't help but think that there are so many people that could, you know, have a lot better hold on their mental struggles that they're always going to deal with if, you know, they'd been presented with a different way of looking at it. Absolutely. As well as people being more tolerant and empathetic. It's Can I? so true. When I stopped looking at it the way that I was told to look at all those years, my entire life changed. And I actually began to heal finally yeah and to figure out what that even meant and to know that was a possibility even do you mind if i share what we talked about last night i don't remember what that was but i'm gonna get you okay (laughs) i'm gonna get you guys padilla and i made a short film it's about four minutes long i'm gonna send it to you guys and i would love for you to run it within this yeah yeah, okay so we could show and so the film are is this are these characters that have built their own insulated environments Hmm. to protect themselves from the outside world and in discovering one another in these damaged stages with their protective environments, they found friendship and they go off to create their own environment that makes them happy because now they have each other and now they can do whatever they want mm. and they turn their own maladies into this beautiful setting for themselves. And it just occurred to us last night oh, yeah. <laughs> that it's us, that they are us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because that's yeah, what we're it. doing. Exactly. We, exactly. We, we met each other. Yeah. We're both very sick at times. <laughs> and we created our own universe. Yeah. And exactly like these guys. That's so awesome, man. Yeah. You got to run the film. If it's only a couple of minutes. Yeah, no, we'll, put it, we'll put it on the LSU Gallery right Channel. Right now. Boom. <laughs>
Yeah, and then at the end, there's all the Rorschach characters and stuff. So the, the you know friends that fit into that little universe come in, and they just are part of this whole big colorful unique thing <laughs> i love it man awesome, they man. end up doing a bunch of color rorschachs and creating friends for yeah. themselves in fact would you grab one of those characters that's over there They're over there i'll bring it out love those man. yeah so Dude, I, i'm gonna ask you guys on 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 air for a t-shirt because i haven't gotten mine yet and i would oh, love to get you guys one. oh he saw the one i'm wearing you know i'll be mine. djing some parties and uh, i want to rock your guys shirt too man <laughs> All right, real quick before we go. So this is one of the friends that they made. So yeah. normally the Rorschach test is an inkblot test where you're supposed to tell what's going on and like tell you what you see. What they did is they made a bunch of Rorschach tests and they created a people out of them, little mm. creatures out of yeah. them to be their own friends. It's beautiful. And man. that's what these nice. are and that's what and we handmade each they have names? one of these things. They have names. Your uh, characters? No, we got to name them. Well, I do like I and I. Oh yeah! Oh, like the, the two main characters. The, yeah. the main characters, the the one that has the antenna, antennae, is capital I. And the one in the box is little lowercase I. I. Mm. Yeah. I man, I mean, I, I feel it, like man. an I feel like an animation won't do it justice, man. So it's got to be like the, because this is such a cool suit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, you want to have that like realness aspect. Well, Wordsmith was wearing it, so he's, he's the guy <laughs> yeah. in the movie. <laughs> So when you see it, you okay. will know okay. who's underneath it. But nice. I, I love nice. the idea of having the suits. And, and Sarah Sandoval was wearing that one. And now we can nice. keep telling stories, you know, with these suits. So it's it's an interesting thing we can keep pulling from. That's awesome, man. And, yeah. uh, dude, this is such a cool concept, man. Thank you, you guys, guys have a website set up yet? Yeah. Or is this, www.dualdiagnosis.com, D-U-E-L, diagnosis.com. The short film is the first thing you can see. You can sample everything, but go to the manifesto. That's something that Padilla and I wrote, Padilla mainly. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was the main thing where she said, well, let's come up with a manifesto. And I would text over a couple of lines, and she would text back 15 paragraphs. And yeah. I'd be like, yeah, we wrote that. That sounds great. <laughs> it's a collaboration. Uh, well, I mean, you know, it is. Next it is. time, Padilla, uh, we got Padilla on to talk about her book coming out uh, soon, yeah. too, right? Because we talked yeah. about that on our first episode, and I know she's been working hard on it. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, she's I such a prolific, brilliant writer, man. Yeah. And uh, so, first, you. check out their uh, website, right? And yeah. then uh, there's also Instagram. I'm Instagram assuming. Instagram is yeah. the same. Same. And, Do dude, man, I mean, congratulations. I saw, uh, you know. Thank you. Thank you for oh, doing brother. something like this and helping everybody. Yeah, and Thank you know you. what? It's so cool to be able to feel like you can be part of a club, even though it's something like you may be embarrassed about too. You, you know what no, I mean? We're I, saying, we're this saying, ain't for you, perfect people. You guys can fuck off. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're you're saying, not the cool ones anymore. <laughs> we're, we're, we're saying to just, we're just saying to own your truth. Yeah, you know, yeah, we're yeah. really like it's okay. Be yourself. Totally. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. own it. Own it. And like, it's a nice teacher for you to say thank you and 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 that we're doing this, yeah. but. Teacher, you personify exactly the same thing, man. You're just one of the most giving humans I know. Uh, and totally. embraced me when I first got going in this world immediately and taught me and guided me. And, you know, that's what we're trying to do. And, and I want you to know from my heart that I look at you as one of those guys. Thanks, bro. Me yeah. too. Hell yeah. I'm blessed too, to bring bro. you guys Hell into yeah, this man. and be any help at all, man. Hell Thank yeah, you. man. Um, so pretty much, man. Oh, I would say congratulations, man. I saw a lot of big, big people been wearing uh, SNL. They were yeah, wearing, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it. so congratulations to that. And the, the uh, biggest ones for me were Damian Eccles and Amanda Knox. Yeah. Who both, who both spent years of their lives oh, in man. prison yep. for crimes they didn't commit. I love your piece of Amanda Knox. Man, we were talking about this one time. I'm like, dude, this is such a, like a fucked up situation. You're just yeah. like an exchange student. Yeah. And then you're like. All of a sudden, you're thrown in an Italian jail, man. Like that yeah. straight up could have happened to like. And she and she was a uh, before Padilla and I started really connecting on this. Amanda represented a lot for me because I I saw her as someone who had experienced un, unbelievable trauma, and she became somewhat of a muse in the arts for me, and I, mm. that's why I painted her quite a bit. And and since then, she and I have become friends and. Uh, I actually ended up doing her podcast called Labyrinths, which is probably going to be up in December. Nice. And we get we get deep, man. We go into it. So look out Shout for out that to Knox, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, awesome, man. So thank you guys so much, man. And obviously, you know, Dave, thank you guys 
for coming on the podcast, Padilla. Thank you for coming on the podcast, man. Thank you, Thank you and, for uh, having us here today, too. Yeah, anytime, exactly. Anytime. Your house yeah. is always a pleasure. It's a so, museum. Such awesome. This art, is man. the Life After Death Street Art Museum. <laughs> Hell yeah. Audience, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Follow us at PTTP Show. Leave us a review uh, on iTunes. And uh, love you guys. Take care and peace. 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 And in the end, the love you take is equal.